Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody. It's, uh, it's awesome to have a chance to speak, and I knew uh, quite some time ago that if, I ever ha- if Pastor Brian ever asked me um, to speak, I knew the passage I was going to speak on, so the Lord had already kind of laid that on my heart. And the title of today's message is Clone Wars. So I, I hate to disappoint any of the Star Wars enthusiasts slash geeks that are out there. It's not about Star Wars. But have you ever had somebody that you saw that looked exactly like somebody else, you know, a doppelganger or, or somebody's child that looked like their parent? You're like, man, they, they looked and act so much like that person that they could be their clone. Now, here's a perfect example. See that little guy right there? That is our, uh, our new grandson, Hudson. I know what you're thinking. Aaron, you're not old enough to be a grandfather. <laughs> you're right, I'm not. But my wife is old enough to be a grandmother. And so it's like a package deal. I'm just along for the ride. But I remember as soon as Hudson was born, she called me from the delivery room and she said, he's here and he looks exactly like J-Lo. And so we see children and they take on characteristics of their parents and you're like, man, that could be their clone. There's J-Lo on the right as a baby. Wasn't he cute? I don't know what happened. (laughs) But lots of similarities. Same characteristics. And here's what we know is as Hudson grows older, as this little baby grows older, he will take on other characteristics, maybe of his mother, maybe of his grandparents. But the other thing that we also know is is that as he grows older, he will begin to be influenced by the environment around him. He will start to talk like people around him talk. Thank goodness we don't talk like people from Chicago. He will be influenced by the things that he reads. He will be influenced by the things that he watches. He will be influenced by the things that he listens to. He will be influenced by the group of friends that he surrounds himself with. I heard somebody say one time, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The environment around him will start to shape him and mold him. And depending on where he chooses to focus his time and his energy and his effort, he may start to resemble those things. It's the same thing that you and I face every single day. There's this spiritual friction, this tug of war. There, there are all these things that compete for our attention and, and it's really up to us. Are, are we gonna give our attention to the things of the world? Or are we gonna give our attention to the God who created us? And that's what I wanna talk about today. The scripture that I wanna read is out of Psalm 115 and we're gonna go through Psalm 115 but I'm gonna break it down. The first thing we're gonna look at is the first eight verses and so here we go Psalm 115 if you want to turn there in your Bible I have the verses up behind me verse 1 not us O Lord not a not to us but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness why should the nation say where is their God our God is in the heavens he does all that he pleases their idols are silver and gold the work of human hands They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. 
My sophomore year in college, my roommate and I decided that uh, we were going to join a fraternity. And so we went to what was called Rush Week. Those of you who don't know what Rush Week is, it's basically a, a week and it's almost like a big job fair. All the fraternities and the sororities, they, they put their tables out with all their information and you can talk to some of the, the members of that organization and decide which one might suit you best or which, you know, folks which organization you have the most in common with one of the best things about rush week however is they also gave away free food and as a poor college student you could go and you could go on a table get a slice of pizza you could go to another table get some wings um, it was awesome but after rush week my roommate and I decided hey we found a group of guys we have a lot in common with um, they had a very strict no hazing policy which was uh, important to us at the time um, and so we decided we're going to join this fraternity and the fraternity was Delta Chi. Here's a picture uh, of me with no gray hair. Um, this was before, you know, three daughters. Um, but one thing you'll notice, the guy to my right and the picture to your left and the guy in the middle, in the picture in the middle, his name is Jeff Cocky. He was my little brother in the fraternity. Some of you have met him because he and his family have been coming to church here for about a year before they just moved to Florida. And Jeff's wife, Jamie and daughter Julianne over the course of the past year and a half or so made a profession in Christ and you may remember that Pastor Brian baptized them in this very baptismal in January isn't that amazing 28 years ago I met this guy and God already had a plan um, for this to happen I think I just there we go so here's the thing about the fraternity it was easy to tell that I was a part of the fraternity. You can see in the one picture to your left, I have the letters on my shirt, Delta Chi. Whenever I went around campus, people could look at me and say, yeah, he's a part of Delta Chi. He's, he's wearing uh, those fraternity letters. Even if I wasn't wearing the letters, if people talked to me, they knew I was a part of it because I talked about it. I talked about the activities that, that we were involved in. And even if people saw me out with, with other, hanging out with other members of the organization, they were like, well, I know they're with Delta Chi, so Aaron must also be with Delta Chi. But I was invested in it. I spent time in it. We paid dues. I gave money to it. I got involved in the leadership of the organization. I was the vice president. I mean, if I wasn't studying or writing a paper, I was involved in some philanthropy project with Delta Chi. I played on every one of the intramural sports teams that I could. I was on the B team, okay? I wasn't good enough to be on the A team. I'll just admit it. But, you know, my wife would say, you know, I'm not the athlete she is, and I agree. So, Every time I had an opportunity to be involved in something with Delta Chi, that's what I, it was easy for people to look at me without knowing me and, and see the organization to which I belong. And Amy will tell you, she and I met uh, in my junior year in college, and she's told this story to my girls, I don't know how many times, when I met your dad, it was all Delta Chi, Delta Chi this, Delta Chi that, that's all he cared about was Delta Chi, he thought he was a big man on campus, his head was so big, he was so cocky. I told her I wasn't cocky, I was confident. That's two very different things. I wasn't cocky, I was confident. But my point is, whatever we give our attention to, whatever we're involved in, it's very easy for us, whether we know it or not, we start to resemble those people, those things, those organizations. So with that in mind, let's go back to our scripture not to us O Lord not to us they say it twice because here's what the psalmist is saying it's not about me it's not about us it's about you to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness why should the nations say where 
is their God. So here's what was happening. The other nations were saying, oh, Israel, where's your God? I don't see him. You know, we look, we've got idols. You can see our God. Where's your God? And maybe this has happened in your life. People have said, hey, how can you trust or believe or put your faith in a God that you can't even see? Maybe somebody said that to you. That's exactly what's happening here. Why should the nation say, where is their God? And here's the answer. Our God is in the heavens. You might not see him. We just sang about it, but he's Lord of all. He does all that he pleases. And then the psalmist starts talking about the other nations. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. And here is what I really want you to pay attention to. Those who make them, the idols, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. Now, this word make, it doesn't mean just to, to carve the idol. It's actually the Hebrew root word of this is as saw, and it means to advance the idea of or to move forward. And so what it's saying is not just those who carve the idols, but those who engage in the worship of, or those who go around and try to get every, everybody else to say, hey, hey, come worship these idols with me. That's what they're talking about. People that do that and people that trust in those idols, they become like them. So here's another way to say this, and, and I want you to pay attention because this is one of the most important and critical truths in our faith as Christians. We reflect what we worship. It's what this verse is saying. We reflect what we worship. They were talking about the other nations. They, they put their faith and their trust in these idols, and, and they say they, they become like them. And we just read through all the characteristics of those idols. We reflect what we worship you might say well that's a pretty heavy statement to say well let's let's dig into it here just a second let's look at the word reflect reflect means to give back or exhibit as an image or likeness to make manifest in other words if you hold up a mirror and you see your reflection that's not your flesh and blood in the mirror but because the mirror is turned towards you that is the image that is cast on that glass or you see a nice, peaceful, tranquil lake with mountains around it and, and the, they have the perfect reflection in the water. That's not really the mountains in the water, but because the lake is so close to the mountains, that's the image that gets cast into the water. Worship. What does worship mean? To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, catch this, or devotion. So you might say, well, I'm not really, like, Aaron, did you really worship Delta Chi? Well, no, I wasn't like old Delta Chi, like worshiping my fraternity, but it had my devotion. It had my time. It had my energy. It had my money. It had my attention. That's where I was focused. So what this passage is saying, but I reflected that organization because that's where all my attention was. We reflect what we worship. Now think about some of the things that, that we devote our time, energy, and attention, and money, and resources to that, that can become something that we worship. Could be our careers, our jobs. Wow, I, I want to get to the next promotion. I, I, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, to make sure that I look better than everybody else. And, and you've probably been around somebody like this. You're like, man, that, that guy or that lady, they're a workaholic. It's all they ever talk about. Work, 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 work. That's where 
all of their time and energy was devoted we can worship money bible is pretty clear about the love of money being the root of all evil but hey look people talk about how much they have or how much they saved or how much they spent it can very easily become something that we worship and you know it because you talk to that person and that's what they talk about that's what you think of when you think of that person we can worship possessions okay to have the great the biggest newest shiniest whatever it is we can even worship our spouse we can devote you've probably been or know people like this and they talk about their spouse and like man he or she is they're so awesome and you know they're so smart and they're so witty and you know that's what my wife says about me um and and you know they just go on and on and on and on and you're like well do they walk on water too I mean really that's all you talk about when anybody's around you we can worship our children I have seen people that devote so much time their children become their life and when they grow up and they move out of the home they're like I don't know what to do I've even seen social media posts word for word where a parent has said you talking about their child are my idol man it's easy for us to do we can worship religion think about that we can worship religion we get so involved in the activities and I, I'm going to do this and man I look good doing this and I'm serving here hey look look at you know what I'm doing but it's not about our relationship with Christ but we're worshiping religion you can insert anything that you want the point is whatever has your attention whatever has your heart whatever has your devotion can become that which you worship and as a result you reflect it some question for you this morning what are you reflecting what are you reflecting and if you're not sure I've got a good way for you to find out find a friend or somebody that you know will be honest with you and you ask them Hey, when you think of me, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Just write it down. Don't, without thinking, the first thing that comes to your mind, when you think of me, what is it? Write it down. And this is so critical to us because it has eternal implications for us as Christians and it has eternal implications for us as the church and the body of Christ. And I don't think we realize it happens because some, many times it's a slow fade. We reflect what we worship and as we saw in verse 8 those who worship them the idols they become like them and so what is that they have mouths but do not speak you know when our attention and our devotion and our time and our resources are somewhere else other than God we probably aren't going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ they have eyes but do not see when our devotion and our attention and our energy is focused somewhere else, we probably don't see what God is doing in our life and we miss it and we miss opportunities to go and meet the needs of others around us. They have ears but do not hear. When our time and our energy and our devotion is somewhere else, we don't necessarily hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking into our heart. They have noses but do not smell. Like, now that one's a little weird. I'm with you. I thought it was a little weird too. So uh, as I dug into this, the root word the Hebrew root word here for smell is the same root word that the Hebrews and the Jews use for spiritual so they looked at the sense of smell as something spiritual and you see it all throughout the Old Testament when they talk about um, the the way we should sacrifice in the temple and the, and they always almost always end it with an aroma pleasing to the Lord an aroma pleasing to the Lord 
It was spiritual to them, and in their mind, it was how they determined what was right, what was wrong, what was holy, what was unholy. And so the idea here is when our attention and our focus and our devotion is somewhere else other than God, it's very difficult for us to discern his will or our will. What's holy, what's not holy. What's right, what's wrong. They have hands but do not feel. Our attention is elsewhere. We don't do the work. We don't serve the way God calls us to serve. They have feet but do not walk. When our devotion is elsewhere, we don't go where God calls us to go. And they do not make a sound in their throat. This literally means, the sound in our throat literally means to think or to create ideas. In other words, when our devotion is off of the Lord and it's somewhere else, it's very difficult for us to even think for ourselves because we're just doing what everybody else around us is doing. We're doing whatever the environment around us causes us to do. So those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. Now, I'm not saying that if you devote your time to your children or you devote your time to a hobby that you're not worshiping the Lord. That's not the point. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, hey, look, if you've got other stuff going on and you don't spend all your time in prayer that, that you can't be a Christian, that's not the point. Here's the point. You should devote your time in your spouse. You should devote time and energy and resources in your children and your family and your job and, and all those other things. But you shouldn't devote, that shouldn't get more of your devotion than the God who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the Lord of all that we just sang about. We get into trouble when we're out of balance. And it happens so easily. We start to get focused on other things and pretty soon, you know, and, and this happens in my life. I feel like, well, I had a pretty good God day. You know, I spent time in his word and, and, and devotions and I felt like I did a pretty good job praying. And then, the, and then the next week I might be like, I don't know the last time I opened my Bible. It happens. I'm, I'm inconsistent and it happens to us. And the reason for that is because as the hymn writer wrote in Come Thou Fount, our hearts are prone to wonder. We were born with a nature that wants to do things our own way and we always are fighting this battle of what's gonna get our attention. Is it gonna be the creator of the universe? Is it gonna be the God who sent his son to save us? Or is it gonna be something else? Is it gonna be some possession? And as a church, man, this is so important. It's important for us as Christians and, and we know it because even in Paul's letter to the Romans, he said, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And together as a church, here's why this is so critically important. Because if we are not focusing our attention, our devotion on the God of the universe and his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, then we will never reflect him and we never have a chance at changing this community around us. And that's also why there's a letter written in Revelation to the church at Laodicea because it happened to them. You couldn't tell the difference between that church and the world. And God said, you're lukewarm. You make me sick. I want to throw you up. Because they had been so influenced by the world around. We don't want to be that church. So it's so important that we understand how critical it is that where we put our attention and our devotion reflects into other people what that says about us and what's important to us. I know you're probably saying, hey, Aaron, this is you know, really uplifting. Um, I know when I read this chapter in Psalm, that's kind of the way I felt. I was like, why do I even try? I don't know how I'm going to do it. It was written for a reason because if you remember, the Israelites had a problem with idolatry. 
Remember Moses went up on, the, on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments and he comes down and he finds them all worshiping idols. So this isn't just about other nations. We're not just talking about pagan nations. Israel had the same problem and they continued to struggle with it. I thought, man, what's the answer? How do you avoid that? Well, before I give you the answer because they give it, the psalm writer gives it to us in this chapter, I want you to understand the context of Psalm 115. Psalm 115 is part of what's called the Egyptian Hallel. I think I'm supposed to make like some like gargling noise in my throat when I say Hallel, like Hallel, but I, I won't try it. But Hallel means praise song. Psalm 113 through Psalm 118 was the Egyptian Hallel. It was a praise song. The, that song was specifically designed to be sung by God's people to remember his faithfulness in delivering them from captivity in Egypt, to remember how God led them through the promised land how God provided food for them water from a rock he he led them into the promised land defeating enemies in front of him that was the purpose of Psalm 113 through 118 and this song was sung at very specific times most notably Passover 113 and 14 were sung before the meal 115 and 118 after the meal and so here's what that means Jesus sang this song many times with his disciples and Jesus and his disciples probably sing this song right after the Last Supper. Pretty important. If you ever wondered if congregational singing was important to the Lord, here is six chapters and 85 verse song set up just for his people to remember who he is and his faithfulness. 85 verse song. And they didn't have hymn books. I remember I used to go to my uh, church with my grandparents sometimes when I was little and they didn't go, they would they didn't go to a Baptist church um let's just say that the songs were sung pretty slowly uh and there was an organ that was also played pretty slowly um by an elderly gentleman and and they would stand up and say hey take out your hymn books and turn to number page 320 and we're gonna sing all five verses He's like no no like it'll be next Sunday before we get out of here if we sing all five verses 85 verses of this song and each psalm had a very specific purpose this one in particular was to warn and remind the God's people against the dangers of idolatry and most importantly to remind them who it was that they served remember our God is in the heavens he does all that he pleases and so as we look to what the answer is in Psalm 115, we look at verse 9. Hey, are you having trouble keeping your focus on God? Are you, having, are you getting tugged by all of the, the distractions in this world around us? Is social media, you know, becoming something that you think about all the time? Is your friend group dragging you away? Is it what you're watching or where you're spending your time? Is it, is it clouding your vision? same thing was happening to Israel and here's the answer oh Israel trust in the Lord that's your answer you don't want to reflect idols you don't want to be lukewarm trust in the Lord he is their help and shield think what's well, kind of weird they went to third person here that's because the first verse 9 was sung by the worship leader and then the next one was all of God's people answering he is their help and shield oh house of Aaron that's not my house house of Aaron was the priests it was the pastors 
It was those who had devoted themselves to a lifetime of service to God. Hey, pastors. Hey, worship leaders. Trust in the Lord. He's your help and shield. All those who fear the Lord. This is past Jews now. We're talking Gentiles. Everybody who knows who the Lord is, they're in all of God. They, they understand that he is the king of kings and he is the God above all gods. Hey, trust in the Lord. He's your help and shield. The Lord has remembered us, even though we didn't remember him. He has remembered us and he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord. That's what happens when we trust in the Lord. That's what happens when we put our focus on God, the one true God. That's what happens. We get blessed, and he gets glorified. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down in silence. And what the psalmist is saying here is like, hey, don't wait. It's too late when you're gone. Now is the time. Now is the time to worship him. Now is the time to praise him. But we, God's people, will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So what's the answer to all of the things that vie for our attention how do we make sure we stay focused and that that we we are reflecting what we are worshiping that worship is of God and God alone how do we do that we worship the one true God now how do we worship him well we worship him by studying his word we worship him by getting to know him more we worship him by trying to understand his heart we worship him in prayer talking to him fostering our relationship with Christ we worship him by gathering together like we are right now as God's people as his body singing songs of praise and adoration to the Lord of all we worship him by surrendering to him we worship him by following him in obedience because when we worship him we reflect him because we reflect what we worship and this is so important and you know it's important because you have had people do this in your life you've had people that have reflected they have been so devoted to serving the Lord and, and they have they consistently worship him they consistently make him preeminent in their life and as a result you have seen Christ-like characteristics reflected and displayed in your life and it has changed probably for many of you your eternal trajectory there are men and women boys and girls sitting here today that are going to spend eternity at the feet of Jesus because of the influence of somebody who reflected Christ and I want you to think about who spiritual heroes are for you whether it's a Sunday school teacher or your mom or your dad or a pastor or your grandparents I I just I want you to close your eyes and I I want you to think of them I want you to see their face but you would say "I, I wouldn't be sitting in this church right now if it were not for the influence of this person and the spiritual effect they had on me because God used it wasn't them God used them as they served him to make an indelible impression on me and it changed the 
trajectory of my life forever, eternally. And as you think about that person, I want you to think about the characteristics that they displayed that meant so much to you and changed your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, they were kind. They were compassionate. They were selfless. They were always putting others before themselves. They were non-judgmental. They were full of grace. They were full of mercy. They were full of love. They spoke the truth, but they spoke the truth in love. Just think about the way they displayed Christ-like characteristics consistently in your life and the difference it made for you. Now, I want you to understand every person in this auditorium under the sound of my voice, all of those things that I just shared the characteristics that were displayed through the grace of God by these heroes of the faith in your life, every single one of you has the capability to do the same thing in the lives of others around you. As you worship God, as you focus on God, as your attention and your devotion is placed on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and your relationship with Christ grows, you reflect those same characteristics in the people around you and you can have the same impression or the same impact that your heroes of the faith had in your life. Man, that's powerful. We reflect what we worship so can I ask you a question today do you want to change what it is that you're reflecting and you need to understand that you may be the only hope that somebody has to ever see the reflection of a loving God in somebody's life you may be the only person and God has placed you there for that very reason so important it's so important that our devotion and our attention is on the Lord and our relationship with Christ you want to win the battle going on in your soul between the earth and, or the world around us and, and all those things that tug our hearts away from worshiping God do you, want to, do you want to reflect Jesus more do you want to win the clone war do you want to be that type of person that God uses to change the community in which you live wherever God places you and change the world around us as a church worship the one true God worship the king of kings and Lord of Lords worship God alone there is none like him he is the only God he is God alone let's pray dear Heavenly Father oh how awesome it has been to be in your word this morning Lord thank you for and we sing about it today your steadfast love and your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy that you show us God help us to be a people that when we feel that tug at our heart to pull us away from you God may your Holy Spirit and may you use people around us to get our attention focused back to where it needs to be on the one true God on God alone Oh, Lord, we want to be a people. We want to be a church that you use. We don't want to be lukewarm. God, we want to be a church that you use to change radically this community around us for your glory. But it only happens when our focus is in the right place and our devotion and our time and our energy and our finances and all of our resources are focused on worshiping you. Everything else takes care of itself. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for dying for us. Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you've done. As God alone, 
Lord, may you be glorified. It's your name we pray. Amen. We stand together as we sing. You are God alone.